Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better organist. We're your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Usham Motuzaita Pinkavichina. We have over 25 years of experience of playing the organ. And we've been teaching thousands of organists online from 89 countries since 2011. So now let's jump in and get started with the podcast for today. We hope you'll enjoy it. Hello guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode uh, 642 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Rosemary and she writes, Happy New Year, greetings to you all. This day dawned breathtakingly beautiful and we will all be glad of the shade in the garden as the heat rises. A new year ahead in which our prayers and hopes are with those frontline workers caring for victims of COVID-19 and discoveries for containment. May you all and your families uh, stay safe. Your comments, goals and plans are incredibly inspirational for me with renewed energy. I have heaped my attention on BWV 529 and various choral preludes, BWV 604, a favorite, studying your improvisation and trying out some variations. Thanks to you all and the very best of good wishes for a happy and productive year ahead, sharing your wonderful talents. Rosemary. Obviously, this question was was written uh, just at the start of the new year, probably, right, Osha? Yes, and it's more not like a question, but as a new year's wish, which is very nice and kind. Thank you, Rosemary. Uh, she, maybe we could discuss a little bit uh, what she is studying right now. Bach's works 529 and 604. Uh, BWV 529 is one of the trio sonatas. I believe this is C major sonata. Yes, this, this, this one was the first trio sonata that I have learned and by G.S. Bach. And 604 is a choral from the Orgel Buchlein, Gelobet Zeiss to Jesu Christ. Okay, so let's start with with the easier one, maybe. With the Choral Prelude, Gelobet Zeiss to Jesu Christ, BWV 604. We have, of course, the score with fingering and pedaling available. Do you think it's helpful? I think it's very helpful. It's written for two manuals and pedals. Obviously, the right hand has the solo melody in soprano ornamented, uh, and uh, the lower three voices move uh, in dialogues and duets with, with each other, creating very nice harmonic and melodic and polyphonic and rhythmic also fabric. Yes, and... Although, you know, the Orgel Buchlein collection is not a really hard one, but I think in this choral you have some things to do and to learn. Because when I'm looking at the pedal part, it's really quite a vivid part. Don't you think so? It reminds me of some, some choral preludes by Buxtehude. Right? Yes, yes, it resembles that. Except with Buxtehude, we usually have... Um, um, what it's called um, for imitation technique. So before the 
cantus firmus in the soprano enters the choral tune, we have three lower voices um, also presenting the same phrase in fugal imitation, uh, but on a different registration and accompaniment. But what with Bach here, he starts right away with the choral phrase in the soprano. Yes, it's like Schmucke Dich, for example, famous, or Mensch Bewein. No, not exactly, right? Because in O Mensch Bewein, yes, uh, melody starts right away, but Schmucke Dich, we have, we have uh, I think, introduction first, and then... Uh, choral tune. And but anyway, it's ornamented choral tune in the soprano voice. That's what I meant by yes. Com comparing these two. Good point. Obviously, if you add the introduction or those interludes, uh, polyphonic interludes, then choral becomes quite long. Well, that's true because you know the Schmucke uh, is from a different collection which is more sophisticated and all those chorales are much longer. Right, probably their purpose is different too. And um, with each of the choral preludes from the Orgel Buchlein collection, they could easily be played as a hymn introduction, at least in those days. Yes, sure. I'm not sure how well congregation would respond nowadays to such an introduction. I think it depends on probably congregation and a priest. They would probably today sound more like a prelude before before the service, right? Or a communion piece instead of the hymn singing. You might get in trouble as Bach did, you know, in Arstant when he started to, upon returning from the Lubeck, hearing Buxtehude's playing, he started to make all this... Uh, elaborate interludes between, you know, hymn stanzas, and people were not very happy about it. Even before, between uh, hymn phrases, right? Imagine there are four phrases in a short hymn, so he would add interludes before the second, third, and the fourth phrase. That would be very confusing, even though it would sound beautifully if, if done properly, but it would be confusing for people when to start the next phrase, right? Because they, they would sing with these big chords in accompaniment, and then suddenly they have to stop and wait for young Bach to play his flourish, and then sing again. I wish I would have a time machine and I could travel to that time and to listen at least once about what he did. We could obviously imagine some of his um, choral preludes have this, these flourishes. Uh, the one I'm thinking is probably in Dulce Jubilo. Uh, 700, what is this? Maybe, maybe in Dulce Jubilo is 729. I will have to double check. Jubilum. Jubilum BWV 700. Yeah, 729. Or even 751, there is one too. Like that. But 729 is is with big, big flourishes, I think. Uh, 
great. So getting back to Gelobet Zeis du Jesu Christ, um, I think it's important uh, for people to start learning it right away, um, step by step, maybe uh, phrase by phrase, and also voice by voice. What do you think about that, Osha? Yes, if you have time, I definitely would do that. And if you don't have time? <laughs> then don't play Bach. Yeah, because you have to make time to play Bach properly. And uh, obviously, in 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 the original edition, uh, handwriting, uh, left hand part plays from the alto clef. This is fun to read. Yes, and some of the uh, editions still preserve it. Some of the uh, oldest one. Yeah, 19th century Bach Gesellschaft edition. I think we have the fingering and pedaling um, written on that edition. So people who like alto clefs can take advantage of that too. I don't know which edition Rosemary is, is uh, practicing from, but nevertheless, it's really fun. And then once you do solo parts, you can practice two parts together soprano alto soprano tenor soprano bass right what else alto tenor alto bass tenor bass and then three part texture soprano alto tenor soprano alto bass soprano tenor bass and alto soprano bass before playing all four parts together I feel dizzy already only by listening to you uh, so, how would you recommend learning it? Well, the same way you do. So. But I couldn't name all these variations right away. I get confused. <laughs> I know. All right, and and then, obviously, she would want to play. Very difficult piece, BWV five hundred twenty nine C major to uh, C major. Trio sonata. Exactly. I wonder why she chose those pieces from a different, actually technical levels. Well, we don't know if she is working on entire trio sonata or only on one movement, and which one more out of those three. Mm -hmm. Because we are different in the difficulty level. For example, I don't think the first movement is really very hard. Uh, it's quite comfortable when you manage the text, but it's quite long. When the second movement is easier because, uh, of course, it's a slow movement. But still, there are a lot of things to do and not as easy to play it beautifully. But I guess the trickiest one is the third movement, although it's really short comparing to the first one. But it has some tricky spots. Correct. Um, but the technique to learn it would be the same as with Orgel Buchlein chorales, except here are three voices and only seven voice combinations. Right hand, left hand, pedals right hand and left hand together, right hand and pedals, left hand and pedals and all voices together. 
you could argue that it's best to practice in shorter segments or or entire piece right voice by voice i don't know what do you think shorter segments or longer i would always learn in longer segments but that's my way of learning and i always would skip these three beginning things as you said just to play a single line i never play a single line because you already can play them well right but even when i started to learn trio my first trio sonata i would work on right hand and pedals and when left hand and pedals especially left hand and pedals that gave me much trouble would you learn pedals alone uh, well actually uh, i didn't but it's worth doing probably mm-hmm. so yeah the, for each their own probably by the time you were starting playing the organ remember you were playing the piano for 12 years right yes so obviously on a professional level so each line didn't didn't make much trouble for you didn't present any difficulty or too much therefore you could concentrate on two lines right away but i guess if you are learning trio sonata you should be at least in the intermediate level because and it's not a piece for beginners obviously not a, even a basic level piece it's it's more of a intermediate level piece or even advanced level piece if you play the fast movements uh, and um first of all start with the largo with the with the slow movement middle movement yes i remember you know those repeated notes in the middle movement were not as easy for me to play well yeah this middle movement consists of two episodes uh, alternating with each other and the first one is okay but then the second one is very difficult the second half features the same thing uh, in a different keys and in general sometimes i think that it's easier to play the fast uh, movements comparing to the slow ones because the fast movements if you have good technique everything is uh, pretty straightforward and simple but with a slow tempo you have to take more time and you have to know what to do with that kind of music because well it's difficult to pick up a right tempo because if you will play too slow it will be boring if you will take a tempo which is too fast it might sound unmusical so you really have a lot to think about while playing slow movements my final advice would be keep counting keep uh, subdividing the beats but keep counting out loud this will help you feel the pulse correct pulse and stay in the pulse throughout the piece and without pulse there is no liveliness in music yes good advice okay guys hope we hope this was useful to you please send us more of your questions we love helping you grow and remember when you practice miracles happen this podcast is supported by total organist the most comprehensive organ training program online it has hundreds of courses coaching and practice materials for every area of organ playing 
thousands of instructional videos and PDFs. You will not find more value anywhere else online. Total Organist helps you to master any piece, perfect your technique, develop your sight reading skills, and improvise or compose your own music and much, much more. Sign up and begin your training today at organduo.lt and click on Total Organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. If you like our organ music, you can also support us on Patreon and get free CDs. Find out more at patreon.com/secretsoforganplaying.